Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the stories, situations, and conversations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian, and today I've got with me Pastor Perry, Father Tom. All right, and we are in week two. We're doing a four-part series uh, focused on Paul's message to the Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, where Paul says, and now faith, hope, and love abide these three and the greatest of these is love. So we're doing a four-part series. Last week we had faith. This week we'll be looking at hope and, and love. And to add a fourth part to this series, finally we'll be looking at joy. So with that, Pastor Perry is going to share from uh, the book of Romans for us. So Romans uh, 15, beginning with the first verse. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves, Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promise given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his own mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to the rule of the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is a reading from uh, the first chapter of Luke, verses 39 through 45. This is after Mary has found out that she is going to have Jesus, and after Elizabeth has found out that she's going to have John, uh, but neither one of them know it yet about the other. So at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. All right, thanks, Tom. So you are focusing, uh, Father Tom's going to be preaching for us this weekend and focusing on the subject of hope. So 
the other kind of interesting thing about this series, we all agreed up front that we knew what our subject or our focus word was, but we were free to choose the, the text or where we wanted to draw from scripture to uh, point us in the direction we want to go. So uh, what on the subject of hope, what drew you to these two passages? The first one in Romans, one of the prayers that I will pray or one of the blessings maybe that I will sort of sign off with sometimes is may the, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace and believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so then I worked backwards and I was like, where would be a logical place to start um, to sort of contextualize that? And I love that passage actually, because it sort of contextualizes what we, what is sometimes called Christian hope, uh, but in a very theological way, there's a lot of, you know, it's sort of Paul's, Paul's written this long letter uh, to the church in Rome, and he's trying to put a bow on it or land the airplane as as preachers sometime are, sometimes are wont to do. And so he's just talking about, um, obviously, it's tough times. He, he, Paul doesn't usually write letters to churches that are having a real smooth time. And so he, he's, he is sort of contextualizing what our hope is in, promise to Gentiles and the promise to Jewish people and how that hope um, works together, and how that is the keeping of the same promise. Uh, so that's the theological sort of nerdy, you know, what is Christian hope? And then I wanted to go, I wanted to get, I wanted to have a very visceral example of hope in this beautiful story of two sisters on different ends of, um, of life in some ways. Uh, Elizabeth is thought to be uh, at the very... Uh, end of her ability to have children, if not past it a little bit. And Mary is, so, is very young and unmarried at this point. And so you have these two, um, these two women who, I wouldn't say they're in over their heads, but they've got a lot on their plate. And maybe there's, uh, there's some excitement. We'll just say there's a lot of excitement. Um, and sometimes you just have to go talk to somebody about it. And then these two people who don't know that they both got stuff going on in their lives, they see each other. And I just love that, that meeting. And so my, so we're part of this visceral understanding of hope too, is in Elizabeth, you have John the Baptist in her tummy saying, yay, Jesus. <laughs> and my experience of hope being, um, sometimes it is the G I hope this isn't too cute, but sometimes, um, my encouragement and my hope is, uh, fortified by seeing, witnessing the Jesus and other people and see, and, and in another sense, Christian hope is essentially something that is here, but not quite yet, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, and that's what, and that's this image of a pregnant woman, right? Just ask them. The, the baby's there. The baby's making them uncomfortable, sitting on things that shouldn't be sat on, uh, pushing on things that you wish that wouldn't, but it's not here yet at the same time. And that's our posture of Christian hope as well, is Jesus has already conquered death. He's taken away the sting of death, but he has not returned in that sort of apocalyptic promise yet. We know sometimes um, it's the groaning of creation, right? The labor pains of creation as God is bringing about a new creation. So 
That's where I'm, that's where my head was at. That's what you get for asking an Episcopalian to pick their own readings. They're going to probably think too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those are, that was, that was, that's why I chose uh, those readings. Yeah, that's, uh, I like the, the illustration there. The idea of pregnancy is something already and not yet uh, that you know is on the way. And that idea of, I got, I just got off the phone not too long before we had this podcast with a friend that doesn't quite know what direction her future is going to be going in. And so we, we talked about this and talked about kind of this very subject of hope and how, how hope is, you know, you have hope in this future that God is providing yet you don't, we're not there yet. We don't know quite what it looks like, but even so, just as, uh, just as with the pregnancy, at least I'll speak from a, a father's perspective. If, if I can't speak of uh, <laughs> pregnancy itself, of that hope of what's to come, even though it's not here yet, already begins to shape the way that we live now and um, how we how we bear with uh, the difficulties. Perhaps we'll say of uh, that, that a person might be going on through right now. How and, and I just can't help but draw connections between. Gosh, there's a reason Paul stuck all these things together: faith, hope, and love. But uh, that how our faith in some future that God is creating for us that's good and positive and, and hopeful uh, shapes the way that we live. And um, I like how you're drawing into the importance of sharing that with others, having somebody else to share one. I like that you brought up the impossibility of, of the two situations that the women are in there or unknown circumstances that they're facing and naming that, but also naming this hope or uh, that, that comes from outside of both of them. Or from inside of both of them, I guess. <laughs> from within and without, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. I the and I'll use it in the sense of the latch of the sermon uh, of that idea of of a pregnant woman. You know, I mean that that really fits well to to give us that idea of hope, uh, especially in that that hope of Christ who. Uh, is coming, but is not quite yet here. Makes a lot of sense. And I think too, hope, we have choices, or some would say probably there's only one good choice and one obvious choice, but people put their hope in a lot of different things, I've found. And sooner or later, what we put our hope in will come to fruition. And I have put my hope in different things, different programs, different ideas, different people. And seemingly most of those things have let me down. And so what we put our, what I think, I mean, I think Brian, to your point, faith and hope are interrelated in that way that, you know, you have faith. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to put it, but when you have faith in something, uh, it's a hope as well the the hope uh christian hope is the one thing that can't let you down because like we said it's it's here but not quite yet here and so in some ways it's it's already happened you know jesus jesus has already made the way for us but we're not quite there yet and so i think romans kind of alludes to this but there's so many things that want us to hope in them right now we have a very hard world um physically you know uh we 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 put a lot of hope in masks and i think that's a good hope i think that's a good hope but it's not a guarantee 
we put a we put a hope we put hope in um, doctors we put hope in in officials we put hope in elected leaders and then that moves us to the other thing that we're putting a lot of hope in in November too we're hoping that um, you know we're, we put a lot of hope in political candidates too and I don't know if I'm going to go this way in my sermon or not but that's something I'm I'm thoughtful of right now too is there's a lot of things begging for our attention and begging for us to put hope in them. And again, Paul brings us back to, if it is a choice, the, 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 clear, the clear choice in, in Jesus. One of the interesting things that you said that, that, that probably took me on a little bit of a rabbit trail was what we focus on is in the end what we see come to fruition a lot of times. Uh, and a, a very real life example of that is when I'm riding motorcycle and there's something on the road and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at that chunk of whatever it is. And you're focusing on it. You will want to drive right into it. And so you need to focus not on, you know, the brick that's in the road or the stick or whatever it is because too many times I've focused on like a hole or a crack in the road and boom, run right over it. And it's like, are you kidding me? Why did I do that? And it's what <laughs> you, you, you come to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do you understand the word hope differently uh, as you're thinking about faith things or spiritual things compared to the rest of your life. Hmm. So many times we'll say, well, I, I hope the Vikings win. And it's a, it's a, it's a sense of what we'd like to see happen. Whereas a spiritual sense of hope uh, is something that's already been done and that we are waiting for the fulfillment of it. It's, it's like the, the pregnancy. It's already happened. It's already on its way. And we are living in that hope. Um, whereas so often in the world today, we, we hope and are unconfident or not sure in the outcome. The practice I might invite, well, it's a, it's a question to people who have been pregnant, I guess, to reflect on sort of the, the, the dangerous excitement of hope of pregnancy, that sort of process of, of, of a new reality taking control of your life, how scary that is, how exciting that is, how joyful that is. Um, I think it's pro from what I understand, it's all those and more. And so I would I would ask how that experience of being pregnant um, is similar to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And if you're not someone who has been pregnant, I would invite you to ask someone who has been pregnant what that experience is like, and then think about um, uh, how that relates to hope in Jesus Christ. So. Go talk to a mama or someone who has tried to have, who has gotten pregnant 
um, and their hope hasn't been fulfilled. And talk to them about um, that experience as well. Um, because sometimes hope and just hold on till uh, um, Palm Sunday. And you can hear about when people had hope and who they thought Jesus was and that hope was um, unfulfilled. And that can be a frustrating thing too when Jesus doesn't turn out to be the person we hoped he would be. What are you hopeful for? Uh, we had a, a, had a bishop at one time that would always ask that when we got together. Um, what are you hopeful for? Which was always frustrating for me because, you know, we're so used to the question, how are you doing today? And, and we've always got a quick response for that. Good. Okay. I'm fine. You know, it always catch me off guard. He'd say, what are you hopeful for? I'm fine. <laughs> um, but there's, there's something to that too, though, that, um, you know, how, what we hope for, what we think about uh, in our future shapes the way that we're living today. So I think that's a good question to always have set before us. What are we hopeful for? And to think about how is that shaping the way that I'm living today?